Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Shocker. Headlines read Dallas Cowboys' decision to cut Jalen Smith is about not stopping progress. Let's just hear what ESPN's Adam Schefter says about the Cowboys releasing Jalen Smith. Surprising move, releasing linebacker Jalen Smith out of the, the second-round pick out of Notre Dame, who sort of had emerged, I think, as a star after coming back from the bad injury. They're paying him $7.2 million basically to go away. What yeah, What do you make of that? I think that we all accepted when they drafted Micah Parsons that Jalen Smith wasn't going to be a part of the long-term plan, but we thought he was going to be a part of the short-term because when Lawrence got hurt, Micah moves up to D-line for part of that, and then Jalen comes in. I'm watching him play. He's running around looking as good as he has ever looked, so mm-hmm. it's just a shot. It, it suggests to me that there's something more that we don't quite know yet. That, that's what it sounds like. You don't pay a guy to yeah. go away who is who is contributing in any way unless there's something more than meets the eye. Booger, what is your reaction to that? 
So to me, Green, there, there are two things at play. One, you got to attribute the play of Michael Parsons and how good he has been as far as being a multiple chess piece to move around the board. And Dominique is right. When, when you release a player, regardless of the money that's playing well, there's usually something more. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the coming days something comes out maybe about Jalen Smith's attitude, something going on, because now Michael Parsons playing well allows you to rid the locker room of a guy whose attitude may not be, um, you know, playing into the team concept. So I would expect something like that to come out. Aside from that, Greeny, why else would you let a guy like that go, especially with the injury history of Leighton Vander Esch? Other than that, it really doesn't make much sense at all. So, yes, I have been trying to wrap my head around this all day. Why? Why now? Uh, I was listening to the Skip Bayless show, Skip the Shannon Undisputed. And he brought up something interesting as well, too. He says oftentimes that when he sees a tweet or something coming from Des Bryant, he usually rolls his eyes. But this time, he says he believes Des Bryant got it right. He says, if you got a good thing going, why mess with it? Looking at some of the comments that were made in regards to the release of Jalen Smith, seemed like everybody had nothing but good things to say about him, how he was a good guy, good in the locker room. I hate to see him go. And now, even as we speak, word has it, even talking to one of my coworkers who is an avid Green Bay Packer fan. He was shocked to hear about it. And I said jokingly, with the Packers take him, and word has it that the Packers are actually interested in him even right now. So I might be getting ahead, but let me just go ahead and get into the story here. Considering his comeback from a serious knee injury that nearly ended his NFL career before it could really begin, Jalen Smith was one of the Dallas Cowboys' best stories. In the end, the production did not match the story. Cowboys' decision to release Smith can be viewed as a surprise because of what he was. A 100-plus tackle-a-year linebacker with a Pro Bowl on his resume and a contract that averaged $11.4 million a year. Not what he is now, which is a backup linebacker who doesn't run as well as he used to and struggles in coverage. The timing of the release might seem confusing. Why did the Cowboys wait four games into the 2021 season to do this. Why not wait a little longer? According to the source, they had some trade discussions and were willing to eat a good portion of his $7.2 million base salary, but nothing came close to happen. Plus, Smith's $9.2 million base salary in 2022 is guaranteed for injury. Cowboys did not want to take the financial risk, so they were willing to take the full cap hit of releasing him Next year, Smith will cost $6.8 million against the cap. With how well rookie linebacker, defensive end Michael Parsons is playing, the return of linebacker Panu Neal from the reserve COVID-19 list, and the potential coordinator Dan Quinn sees in linebacker Leighton Vanderich, there simply wasn't enough room for Smith, who did not help on special teams. 
and former Cowboys coach Bill Parcells vernacular, Smith became a progress stopper, meaning Smith is in the way of other players who progress beyond him. The Cowboys like what Jabril Cox, the 2021 fourth-round pick, did in the preseason and believe he can be more of a defensive contributor as the season goes along. Smith's return from the ligament tears and nerve damage he suffered in 2016 to Bowl, his final game in Notre Dame, should be lauded. Some teams took him off their draft board because of the injury. Cowboys took the risk in the second round. After he sat out his rookie season, he played in 68 straight games. He put in the work that made him a Pro Bowl pick in 2019. The Cowboys signed him to a massive contract extension before that season, guaranteeing him $35.5 million. At the news conference announcing the deal, Smith talked about his brand and business opportunities. He invested in minority-owned businesses through his entrepreneurial program. But there was some internal consternation that he was focused more on his business affairs than his on-field work. He paid mixed mid-six figures to change his jersey number from 54-9 when the NFL lacks the jersey number rule, something that would have cost him nothing had he waited until 2022. But the Cowboys' decision to release Smith was about football. A story that started out with such a promise, a Notre Dame legend overcoming hardships with the American team, simply did not match the hype. And we also have some more news in regards to the Cowboys releasing Jalen Smith. The Dallas Cowboys have released linebacker Jalen Smith. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy said Wednesday that multiple factors went into the move and that this was the best time to make this decision without getting into specifics why that was the case and he called it a big picture roster move really this wasn't an easy decision McCarthy said he's a good football player he's played excellent football here for a long time but we have a defensive system I think it's clear now after four games how we're playing McCarthy met with Smith after owner and general manager Jerry Jones informed him of the club's decision Tuesday Extremely professional, very positive, McCarthy said of Smith's reaction. Obviously, he had a great career here. Obviously, he has very strong ties to the organization. Obviously, the Dallas community. Obviously, those conversations are personal, but I thought he handled it very well. The move comes as a surprise because Smith has not missed a game in his career, and the Cowboys are on the hook for his full $7.2 million base salary. Team has some trade discussions earlier in the season, according to sources, but a deal never came to fruition. By releasing Smith now, Cowboys are free from the 9.2 million base salary in 2022 that was currently guaranteed for injury. Smith signed a five-year, $64 million extension. 2019, that included $35.5 million in guaranteed money. Before this season's opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Smith started every game he played from 2018 to 2020, 
and was named to the Pro Bowl after the 2019 season. This season, Smith did not start any of the first four games. He was credited with 19 tackles and played in 148 of 264 snaps. With first-round pick Micah Parsons making a huge impression early, Cowboys were comfortable with the move, even with the financial ramifications. Leighton Vanderick started Sunday's win against the Carolina Panthers, and the Cowboys are expected to have Sanu Neal back from the reserve COVID-19 list this week. They also have rookie Jabril Cox and Luke Gifford, Gifford at linebacker on the active roster. The Cowboys selected Smith in the second round of the 2016 draft despite the serious knee injury suffered in his final game in Notre Dame that scared off many teams. Cowboys were confident Smith would return in part because one of their team physicians, Dr. Daniel Cooper, performed surgery and quelled fears about permanent nerve tissue. Smith took to the field in 2017 and started six of 16 games and finished with 99 tackles, one sack, four tackles for loss, four quarterback pressures, two pass breakups, and two forced fumbles. He moved into a full-time starting role in 2018 and recorded at least 120 tackles in each of the past three seasons. He had his best year in 2018, which included a 69-yard fumble return for a touchdown. He recorded 14 tackles in six different games, but his movement and coverage ability seemed to drop. So now we have pretty much information we need in regards to why Jalen Smith is no longer a cowboy. So best we can do is wish him the best of luck. And hope he latches on with the team with the system that will match his skill set. There was also some other trade news as well going on. And if you don't think the Carolina Panthers are serious about winning now, they basically have shored up their defense. New England Patriots trade cornerback Stephon Gilmore to the Carolina Panthers the draft pick. Let's see how this story actually unfolded. A trade for New England Patriots Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore and the return of Pro Bowl running back Christian McCaffrey helped the Carolina Panthers on Wednesday get over the first loss of the season. Both happened almost simultaneously as players made their way to the practice field. The Gilmore trade in particular brightened the mood. That's pretty dope, man, cornerback Dante Jackson said. Carolina general manager Scott Federer, Federer sent a 2023 six-round pick to New England for Gilmore, who had been set to be released later in the day. The 31-year-old from nearby Rock Hill, South Carolina, is expected to come off physically unable to perform list after week six. Federer said he expects Gilmore, who is scheduled to be in Carolina in Charlotte for a physical on Thursday, to be ready for an October 24 game against the New York Giants. Caffrey 
could be available to play on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles after missing a 36-28 loss at Dallas. With a hamstring injury, Coach Matt Rule said his star back looked good in practice Wednesday, despite being limited and likely would be a game-time decision. Not all the news was good. Carolina, 3-1. Linebacker Shaq Thompson, foot has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Eagles and left tackle Cameron Irving next is in doubt after missing Wednesday's practice. But the news of the Gilmore trade softened both blows. Jackson said the trade sent a message to the defense that they're confident we can win now. Said defensive tackle Daquan Jones, everyone in this building believes we can win now. The Panthers got wind that Gilmore might be available on Tuesday night. That turned to reality. Okay, we got that situation solved, so let's get back into this. Gilmore became. Panthers got wind that Gilmore might be available on Tuesday night. That turned to reality on Wednesday morning when it was announced the Patriots planned to release the four-time Pro Bowl corner who was recovering from off-season surgery to repair a partially torn quad. Gilmore became available because the Patriots were unable to get the corner to agree to a restructured deal. The Panthers beat out several other teams that showed interest in trading for Gilmore. They will be responsible for $5.8 million of Gilmore's 2021 contract. Fitterer said Gilmore agreed to play the remainder of the season without an extension, but he's open to one after the year. I think anytime you can get a former all-pro player for a future six, for a future six, we're going to do it right, he said. This was just one of those things where it was too good to pass up. He's too good of a player, and he's from here. Football character-wise, he just adds to the core of what we are. The need for a cover corner began when Carolina lost first-round pick J.C. Horn to a broken foot in a September 23 win at Houston. Fitterer traded last week to Jacksonville's C.J. Henderson for first-round pick in 2020. Henderson remains somewhat of a project. C.J. is for the future, Fitterer said. Stefan is to win now. Fitterer also didn't rule out that Horn could return late in the season or possibly playoffs if Carolina qualifies after undergoing surgery, but he made it clear the goal is to make the playoffs. Gilmore gives the Panthers a veteran who can have a positive impact on the young secondary and field then, and one who can be an asset if Carolina makes the playoffs. He also happens to live three doors down from Fitterer in a neighborhood south of Charlotte. Fitterer called Gilmore a quality guy who would be a great present for the younger players. Gilmore and the Patriots and coach Bill Belichick had both offered public goodbyes before the announced trade. We enjoyed so much success together, and you have been an incredible inspiration for my individual achievement, Gilmore wrote on Twitter. To Mr. Robert Kraft, coaches and organization, thank you for providing me with this platform and allowing me to be part of greatness. Most of all, I want to thank my teammates who lined up next to me every Sunday with one goal in mind. Belichick praised Gilmore in a statement as a 
through professional and class acts and said the decision to move on from the cornerback was mutual. Gilmore is in line for a potential union with his former team when the Panthers host the Patriots in week nine. He has a base salary of $7 million in 2021 after signing a five-year, $65 million contract with the Patriots in 2017 and being advanced $5 million of his 2021 earnings in the 2020 season. Moving on from Gilmore is set to give the Patriots, who were roughly 54000 under the salary cap, an additional $5.8 million in cap space. Gilmore, the 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, had skipped the Patriots' mandatory minicamp in June while publicly expressing displeasure with his contract during the offseason. He tied a career low with one interception last season, playing in just 11 games after missing time because of a COVID-19 diagnosis and the quad injury. With Gilmore out to start the season, C.J. Jackson and Jalen Mills have served as the Patriots cornerbacks with Jonathan Jones as a top option in the slot. Panthers cornerback, quarterback, Sam Darnold faced Gilmore twice when he was with New York Jets, so he's glad he won't have to face Gilmore when the Patriots come to town. Gilmore had two interceptions against him. Dang good player, Darnold said. I had two of my toughest games against him. So there's the report there on uh, Stefan Gilmore getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Well, I still have some more to come, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a quick pause, and when I come back, I will give you some more news. Stay tuned. It's a Plane Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hi, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Thank you. 
podcast. We got some more news for you. Got the segment. Kind of building up steam. If you heard my previous podcast, I told you I was going to be doing NFL scores highlights from the previous week. So with all the news there is to get to and due to time constraints, well, we're just going to give you the news, and next week we'll come back. We'll have the scores. Of course, it'll be for another week. So, but a lot has happened. That first segment, we touched on the fact that Jalen Smith got cut and reasons why he got cut, and it was basically so progress wouldn't be stop for the younger players that are starting to shine. And then, of course, Stephon Gilmore, which is a move by the Carolina Panthers to win, not in the future, but to win now. And they feel that he is part of that missing piece to where they can make a run towards and in the playoffs. So now we move to another interesting story because Matt Nagy, you know, he's that guy. He's that guy that coaches the Chicago Bears. He's that guy whose seat is probably a little bit warm. Well, earlier this week, he made the statement that Andy Dalton, when healthy, will be our starting quarterback. Well, between hearing that on Monday and today, it is now being confirmed Matt Nagy commits to Justin Fields as Chicago Bears starting. To be going forward. But let's hear some comments from a panel that weighed in on this very topic. Let's see what this panel of experts had to say about this move. And then I will give you my opinion on this as well. I feel like with Matt Nagy too, I can't, well, here's the thing, Zara, I can't wait for inevitably, whether Fields balls out or not, for Matt Nagy at his post-game press conference to make it about himself. So I am looking forward to seeing how he can somehow make this about himself. If Justin Fields has a great game you know i'm sure matt Nagy will say he drove him i drove him here yeah it's it's just you know i I don't don't understand what's happening with awkward part about that presser was how he kept saying that's real like but it still has to go through me because i'm the head coach that's that's real real. i was like is this Stuart smallly looking in the mirror being like hey i'm still the head coach yeah you're good enough you're kind enough yeah Yeah. people like on it people do not like you right now and for good reason but first i want to say I think this is the best thing for Justin Fields' development. I needed to see the game against the Lions. And, yes, I know it was the Lions. But the Lions have been competitive against some good teams this year. And it wasn't as much about the opponent as about whether Justin Fields could get things done in a well-functioning and well-called offense. Bill Lazor's play call wasn't perfect, but it was significantly better than Nagy. And it gave us enough of a look at what Fields can do when he's got the right person in his ear that I believe he should be out there continuing to learn. I wasn't sure 
after his first start because it was so bad that I worried about the damage that would be done to him for the future of the franchise where I want him to be the starter for 10, 12, 13 years. And I didn't know if they should go back to Dalton then because I just didn't want him to get spoiled. But as long as Nagy lets Bill Lazor call plays and Justin Fields is able to keep learning and hopefully David Montgomery comes back, I'm okay then with this being Justin Fields' team for the rest of the year, win or lose, get that development and and play for the future. There you have what they had to say. Oh, the changing of the guard at quarterback in Chicago is now complete. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy changed course Wednesday and announced that rookie Justin Fields team's starting quarterback moving forward, regardless of veteran Andy Dalton's knee health status. Now, let me stop there before I give you the rest of this story. I'm driving in my car, and I'm listening to a show called The Odd Couple. Some of y'all know them as Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. They open up their phone line. And the question was, did Matt Nagy get called into the principal's office, so to speak? In other words, did Matt Nagy have a conversation with maybe the team owner or the general manager and said, look, this is how it's going to be the rest of this year. But mind you, I'm a Cowboys fan. How did Andy Dalton work out with the Cowboys last year? Rocky at best. Matt Nagy, if you see it didn't work for Andy Dalton in Dallas last year, what makes you think it's going to work in Chicago? And he's already got a bum knee. So basically, I think the powers that be said, look here, put the youngster in. We're willing to take our lumps. We're willing to take our bruises. This is going to be growing pain. Matter of fact, Nagy, this might be the only way you can even save your job. Think about that. You got a rookie quarterback. A talented rookie quarterback. However, your expectations aren't as high as opposed to having a veteran quarterback. Of course, how many playoff games did Andy Dalton win? My point exactly. Now, was it the coach's fault? Was it the player's fault? Well, you know, the coach can draw up the game plan, but the players have to execute it. So you be the judge of that. But anyway, Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy changed course Wednesday and announced that rookie Justin Fields as the team's starting quarterback moving forward, regardless of veteran Andy Dalton's knee health status. Bears 2 and 2 travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders 3 and 1 on Sunday. For weeks, Nagy insisted Dalton remained the Bears' starter when healthy, but Fields' performance last in last week's 24-14 victory over the Detroit Lions forced the organization to scrap its original quarterback plan. After this past weekend with Justin and the growth that we saw, the discussions that we had was to be able to go in this direction, Nagy said. Fields completed 11 of 17 passes for 209 yards and one interception versus the Lions, but he had five passes that went for 20-plus yards for Chicago.
offense bounced back from a historically historically bad performance in Cleveland the week before. It is a big decision, but we feel very good about it and looking forward to it, Maggie said. Over the year, Fields, 25 of 52, 48.1%, printed 47 yards, two interceptions, and 55 rushing yards on 17 attempts and one touchdown. Dalton started the first two games for Chicago, but suffered a bone bruise in his left knee in the first half of week two win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Dalton has been inactive the past two games. The number one thing that I understand as a head coach and that we all understand as an organization is knowing that when you make a trade up to get a guy to develop and be the franchise quarterback, you always know that there's going to be that want to get him in there ASAP, Maggie said. At the same point in time, again, we had our plan with Andy in developing Justin. And so I think that for me, I knew it came with the territory, and all we want to do is do everything we can to do what's best for the team. And again, I'd be lying to you if I sat here and told you it wasn't really hard to have that discussion with Andy. Those are not easy discussions because there's a human side of it, and I don't care who you are, if you've got a good heart, that stuff hurts. Maggie informed the quarterbacks of the switch on Tuesday. It was definitely good news to hear, said Fields, when the Bears traded up nine spots to draft 11th overall in the spring. I would say I was a little bit surprised, but I mean not really crazy surprised, but definitely a little bit of surprise. I feel like he was pretty straightforward with me and Andy. I think my teammates believe in me, so just grateful for the opportunity just trying to get ready to work. The expectation is that Dalton's knee will be healed enough for him to be the number two quarterback on Sunday in Las Vegas. One thing that Andy has earned from me and our coaches is a hell of a lot of respect because the guy, that guy is a freaking stud, Maggie said. I'm so glad he is on our team, and I appreciate the way he understood it and the way he handled it. But he also cares immensely about this team and I appreciate that. Now we move on. This guy. Yes. When I say this guy, see, Mike, for whatever reason, this guy makes the news, and it's not always good news. There's a guy who was a hell of a college coach. Everywhere he went, he won. But the headline here says, Urban Meyer apologizes again, says he didn't consider resigning as Jacksonville Jaguars coach. Let me just go on record and say it right now. With what was leaked out, let, let me just go ahead and stop beating around the bush. Let me let y'all know what happened. The man got caught on camera putting his hand up a woman's crotch. There was a poll of athletic directors asked if they would hire him if he was available to coach their college team. Basically, it was said, no way in hell would this guy even step foot on our campus. So, let's just get into this juicy part because you know 
the windstorm is coming, I would not be the least bit surprised if Urban Meyer is not back next year. For that matter, if he even makes it through this year. But let's hear what the old devil had to say. He had something to say. He apologized again, but he does not consider resigning as Jacksonville Jaguar coach, which would suggest to me that conversation came up. Did you ever feel distraught enough to consider resigning at all? No. Do you feel like the distraction will or could take away at all from any of the preparation for yourself or for the team going into Sunday? Well, I'm in a fight to uh, make sure that doesn't happen. As of now, no, I don't see that one bit. How much will a win this week sort of help the morale? A win will, uh, I'm dealing with this personally, but the win, as far as the organization and the team, will do wonders. Something about the way he answered those questions made me want to just laugh. Really. I mean, I just want to laugh at that. Anyway, Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer said he never considered resigning in the wake of two viral videos that emerged showing him with at least one woman who was not his wife at his restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. But he did apologize again Wednesday once the players and staff in a full team meeting in the morning and again to the fans too close to his regularly scheduled news conference. Meyer also said he supported owner Chad Khan's public rebuke of his actions. I had at least three or four conversations with Chad. The message is loud and clear, and I agree with it, Meyer said. Also met with the team on Monday individually and then today as a group. Had a very pointed conversation with him, owning a stupid mistake that I made. A job of a coach is, number one, health and safety of a player. Number two, is motivate them or bring out the greatness in them. And number three, is give them everything possible to be successful and give them a great locker room and then get the heck out of the way. And I apologize for a distraction with a huge week coming up, especially after they made so much improvement from week one to week four. I know a lot of the guys respected it, how he addressed this this morning, said Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, it's not an easy situation, and you don't want to be in that in this situation. But I think he's done right by us, and it was a good meeting this morning. Just up front with us, apologize. Meyer 57 first apologized Monday morning for his actions on Friday, one day after the Jaguars 24-21 loss to Cincinnati. Meyer said he and family members went to his restaurant, Urban Meyer's Pine House in Columbus, and that people at a nearby event asked to take photos with him. Meyer said he should have left when people tried to get him to dance with him. A nine-second video showing Meyer sitting with his back to the bar in an Ohio State pullover while a young woman danced close to his lap was posted to social media Saturday night. 
roughly an hour after his Monday news conference, however, another video emerged on social media that appeared to show Meyer touching a woman's bottom while he was sitting at the bar. The woman appeared to be wearing the same clothes, jeans and a white top, as the woman in the first viral video. That prompted Khan to issue a public reprimand on Tuesday. I've addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence, Khan said in the statement. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now, he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. Meyer said Wednesday that he met with each position group individually on Monday because it was a more intimate setting in which to apologize rather than in an entire team meeting. I wanted to get in their space, Meyer said. I have a good relationship with this whole team. I'm not a big team meeting guy. I do a lot of it that way, where I'll go to, you know, the running back, whereas, where there is a group of four. Team meetings are very just a big environment. In my opinion, you don't get much done in a team meeting. You get a lot done when you're in a personal space with people. I've always done that. Meyer also said that Khan did not find him, nor has he been contacted by anyone in the NFL's front office. He said eight to ten members of the Jaguars' leadership council called him over the past several days to offer their support. They were over-the-top supportive and said, we got you, man. We move forward, Meyer said. A common thing was, Coach, we all did stupid things. We all, we all really appreciate him, but we all know we all got a job to do, said Jaguars linebacker Josh Allen. He's a great coach. He's a great man, and he's going to bounce back, and we all going to bounce back. We're going to play even harder for him. We're ready to play. He's got our back, and we're going to have his back. That's how we, that's how we going. Said Lawrence, I feel good about our team. Nothing's changed. We're still really tight. But we're just looking forward to playing Titans this weekend and getting back on track. He's still my head coach. I still respect him regardless of what happens. Meyer said he still has a strong relationship with his wife, Shelly, and they can move beyond what happened. I don't want to get into our personal life for 37 years we've been together, and it's been awesome, man, Meyer said. And this speed bump, not going to get in the way of that. Meyer closed his news conference by apologizing to the fans. I would just like to say also to the nine, 904 and Duval and our owner, you know, like, why did I decide to come out of what I was doing to do this? Meyer said. Jacksonville, I know very well. I know our fans have been hanging in there with us, and I apologize to them and want to make that perfectly clear. Well, everybody's saying the right thing right now, as we call that window dressing. Well, there is one more story I would like to share with you. But I am coming up on another break. What I want to do is I want to take that break. And when I come back, I will give you this story and we will put a bow on this podcast. So we can get the next day started. So, 
stay tuned. This is A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, even late night, train still picks up passengers. And I'm just going to lay this out there. Normally, I just call it Smokey. I'm going to go ahead and make it sound like Larry. His name is Smokey Norfolk. But not that one. Okay. But he do kind of look like him. He might even be able to sing a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board. None other than my good friend. I call him my little brother. I'm being nice. I call him my little brother, Smokey Norfolk. Smokey, welcome to the show. I need you now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, know, on the odd couple, they do call this Worship Wednesday, okay? 
Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so let me just go ahead and bring you up to speed on what I've been talking about. Talk about this happening. So, you know, you mentioned Stefan Gilmore. Well, that deal is done. That's sad because he is now a Carolina Panther. And the Panthers actually believe that he is that missing piece because they have some pieces that are missing. But the fact that he's been around a successful organization, the New England Patriots, love him or hate him. Be that as it is, that's where he came from. So he knows what it's like to win. So he brings that culture to the locker room. But the one we've been battling heads, and it seems like for some reason, when it comes to Dallas Cowboys, us Dallas Cowboys fans seem to butt heads over a lot of things. But I finally got you to make an admission. Let's let's roll back the hands of time. You wanted Russell Wilson, and I'm like, I don't. I want Dak. Dak knows our system. Dak knows our offense. They just haven't been stable. Now that they're stable, we see what that offense looks like. And what's even more better about it is the cohesiveness. Because how many teams do you see that have double running backs where at least somebody's getting disgruntled because they're not getting their carries? But Dak has came out, and even some other players have. And I guess he's just telling that there are no egos on this team. We just want to win. But then the news today, Jaden Smith gets released. Not traded. Released. And here's what's so crazy about it. He was named the captain in Sunday's game. And then a couple of days later, what, 72 hours later, you're sent packing with $7.2 million. So go ahead, weigh in on that. You know, you gave me a lot to weigh on, but let's go and uh, address that to your Mike McCarthy did the right thing and named him the captain for some reason. He knew what was on the wall. He knew that he was going to be released. And he did the right thing. Um, but as far as the release in itself, it was the right thing to do. Jalen Smith cannot change direction. He cannot cover and pass. He can't get off blocks. And he falls on piles to get tackles. He's not good. However, Jalen Smith, the person, he's a fantastic individual. And I hope it well the Packers picked him up. So hopefully, you know, he can contribute to them. Yeah, and that was one of the things I talked about in my earlier segment that you know I got wind that, you know, you, you listen to enough sports talk radio, you you will get some inside scoop. And what's so ironic about that, this guy my job, he's a Packer fan. I'm like, hey, uh, do the Packers need any linebackers? They're like, well, they got plenty of those. I said, well, Jalen Smith is available. Y'all might want to jump on that. Jokingly, not knowing that that might have been in the works even as I was having a conversation with him. So it's just ironic. He's going to be suiting up in a green and gold uniform. So. I mean, it's ironic that he went from one prestigious franchise to the uh, to the next, right? I mean, and 
he's going to still have the feeling to be in the playoff hunt. So, yeah, I mean, good on him. But Green Bay's going to realize that he ain't like that. Well, I also feel like this. it just depends on what else is around him that can help cover up his small stuff. You know, you said small. That's no, not no, a small. Cover up his flaws. Flaws. <laughs> That's not a small flaw that he has. I mean, the fact that you know, after reading multiple reports, and basically, it did allude to the fact that. Come on, let's H-M. just let's just, let's just said like the report said you know they're using all these words and superlatives basically what they said he has lost some of his mobility and probably the other reason they went ahead and took that hit you know that cap hit is because you know next year they would have had to pay him what 9.2 million dollars yes and and you know it's an injury guarantee injury guarantee so you know mm-hmm. knock on wood you know and, and remember this guy is basically a walking medical miracle. I mean, think about it. 2016, where did you see him at? He was in a Notre Dame uniform with a gold helmet on, stretched out on the carpet, torn ligaments. But what did Jerry Jones do? He went ahead and took a chance on him, drafted him, sat out the 2016, or, yeah, out the 2016 season, played 2017, 2018, you're looking at Pro Bowl. I mean, if you look at his numbers, I mean, averaging 120 tackles per season, that's not nothing to, uh, nothing to you know, that was, those are shabby numbers. I mean, he's doing it. You, no, you're talking about tackles. You're talking about tackles. What about tackles for loss? What about hurries? What about force fumbles? Forward recoveries, sacks, interceptions, Whatever with all those game breaking things. I, I wish you, I had you, you, you I doing, wish I had you giving me stats. tackles. I wish Ooh. I had all those stats because also included was the, don't forget he had 54 uh, yard fumble return as well, too. So it, it was more okay. than just tackles. I mean, I'm just bringing up what he was, what his average was. So, I mean, you, you, that, you like Jalen Smith. Just, just say that. Yeah, I like Jalen Smith. And, I and like then, Dak Prescott, too. And then, <laughs> And yeah, yeah, yeah. But your heart would not let you admit that Jalen Smith isn't what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's at the business. no, nah. At, at the, the end of the end day, day, it's business. You know, all is business, okay. And the bottom line is, they're looking at their bottom line. I just hate that they couldn't get something in return. I wish they had me because you know people will. Because no one's not going to pay to take that contract on. Well, I know someone that might be dumb enough to do that. Ain't nobody going to take that contract now. John Gruden might be dumb enough to do something like that. Well, I mean, it ain't. I mean, he got rid of Khalil Mack. It didn't happen. He got rid of Khalil Mack. But, I mean, why are we talking about who would be dumb enough to do something like that? Because the Packers already picked him up. (laughs) No, no, no. What I'm saying is when you trade for him, you take that contract, but when he was outright released, then you know it's a free agent deal. So whatever y'all negotiate is what y'all negotiate. You see what I'm saying? So if the Cowboys would have traded him to the Panthers hypothetically, they would have to digest that rest of that seven million and still take that nine point two for next year, even you know. 
So basically what we're saying, so Jalen basically lost a step, and the fact is they didn't want to block progress. So, you know, I, I, can, I can rest with that. But at the same time, you know, there's still going to always be those mixed emotions. Not that I want to cut ties with Jalen, but Des Bryant now. Des Bryant. Tyrant that I'm bringing that name up, right? Because I had the opportunity to listen to Skip and Shannon, Undisputed. And Skip Bayless said like this, and then you can weigh in on this afterwards, okay? But Skip Bayless, you know, he says, Des Bryant says things that makes him roll his eyes, okay? Says, as a matter of fact, you heard him on the podcast talking about Colin Kaepernick. Don't get him started on that, okay? He said, but Dez tweeted out. He said, you have a good thing going. Why mess with it right now? So basically what it boiled down to was, was the timing of this right? Now, Booger McFarland, and you have to watch out for somebody with the name Booger, first of all, okay? <laughs> okay. Booger McFarland automatically wants to label, he said, maybe there was a attitude problem he was added having bad attitude you know you know how people want to speculate you know always on the outside looking in without knowing the fact now based on mike mccarthy you have to shoot that theory down there was no bad attitude even he brought it to him he was very professional about it but you look at his snap count this year how they started here and they eventually decrease okay so booger was basing off of that he said you know he wasn't getting that many snaps and maybe he was beginning to be a attitude problem but even you being a dallas cowboy fan don't you think had there been an attitude problem in the locker room that that would have leaked out as opposed to what booger McFarland said he said maybe in the days to come you know something to come out about maybe there was an attitude problem in the locker room no, I think it's just somebody looking for it to be a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, traditionally, uh, I mean, to mess around with the roster, especially when your team is doing well and clicking, it's unheard of. So when you do that, you know, in the old school thinking is, like, oh, something got to be going on. He may not be a team player. I mean, there's probably some incident that's about to pop up. But nah, I mean, real football fans, real Cowboy fans understood that this might be a possibility. You didn't want to see it, speaking A-Train. You didn't want to see him leave. You wanted to see how he gone. But, you know, the real football fans who watch football can see that LVE is a superior player than Jalen Fitz. I mean, I like LVE too. I like last couple of years he's been dealing with injury issues which is why come I said that you know at some point and then again who knows maybe uh Jalen you know if he if if something has gone wrong that is hindering his you know his movability Jones has a knack for bringing those players back and putting them in a coaching position. So, 
at some point down the road, could you see maybe Jalen coming back in a coaching position? Because I think he is smart enough to know the game. No. Same way with maybe LVE in the future. No. Yes. No offense. No. Jalen Smith is not made out to be a coach. He need to be his business, do his businesses, and do it like that. Because um, just knowing his mentality, seeing him interact with the media, putting on his facade, maybe not a facade, but it's not his true, genuine self. When you know he represents himself in front of the media, I'm not sure that he can be a coach. But business, for sure. Um, and to be honest, I don't even think that he wants to be a coach. Okay. So what's the possibility? Say later down the road, LVE becomes. And those who are listening, I mean, LVE within Dallas circles, we know what that means. But for those who are listening, who's not a Dallas fan, you, you keep saying LVE. That's Leighton Vanderick, okay? For those listening, that's who LVE is. What's the possibility you think somewhere down the road he ends up walking the sidelines as a Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator or a linebacker coach? Because it has been said that when he's out there on the field, it's kind of like having a coach out there on the field. I mean, you, you know, there's always possibilities, but he's still in his career right now. You got to see his trajectory. Now, Sean Lee, on the other hand, that's who we need to see who we can be bringing to be a coach. But let's let Layden, you know, mold into who he wants to be as a player. Get more consistent, be on the field more. But who knows? I don't know what, you know, the future holds for him. God got him. And whatever God got in store for him, I'm pretty sure it's something great. I get something. I guess I'm So let me ask you this. Chicago Bears. We're going to shift off the gap. Chicago Bears. Let's talk about this. We're going to hit name Justin Fields as the star. Matt Nagy came out and made the commitment to Justin Fields. Was that a Matt Nagy decision or was that a front office? Because remind you, Matt Nagy said these were Matt Nagy's words. Andy Dalton went healthy is our starter. And that was basically his final words, and he was sticking with it. So what changed between Monday and Wednesday? Of course it was the front office. But I also think that the players through their agents or whoever pressured them as well. Because you can see on the field, you know, it's still the quarterback. Andy Dalton isn't, you know, Andy the Dalton, ideal quarterback for the Bears. Right Andy, Dalton Andy, Dalton is, Andy Dalton is in worse shape than Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah. And he's on the roster. That's crazy. But yeah, Andy Dalton isn't 
a starter in the league no more. Backup, sure. Starter, no. He's barely a backup. Hey, let's throw the tape back to the Cincinnati days on his way out. Remember, the guy was benched on his birthday. Mm. It doesn't get any worse than that, okay? It's so if anybody got picks in, it's your birthday, it. and you get benched. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I mean, you know, with all due respect, Andy Dalton did go to the fourth best school in Texas. So I'll let him have that. How long ago was that? Had it been, what, 15 years ago? Exactly. Nah. Then, how many playoff games did he, how many playoff games did he win in Cincinnati? And remind Maybe one or two. And remind you, one of the guys he was throwing passes to seemed to be doing pretty good in Arizona, A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. But A.J. Green would also get hurt in Cincinnati. Like he was always hurt, that foot. I, I think what was going on with A.J. Green, this is just my thing. You, you can agree or you can agree to disagree. But I think what happened with A.J. Green, you know, when they was basically blowing that team up, I don't know how legit his injuries were as opposed to him wanting to get out of Cincinnati. Or how legit his injuries were and not want to be on that field with Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton is so trash. I mean, look how Dallas responded to him. Wasn't there a game last year where Somebody got called for roughing the passer, and mm-hmm. and they're like, and nobody helped him up. Nobody helped him. Now, if that would have been Dak, or, oh, this is a whole different ball game. Which leads me back to that point. That's another reason I didn't want Russell Wilson as opposed to having Dak because Dak is already established in that locker room, and that's what the team responds to. Russell would have to earn their trust. Regardless of his status, regardless of his Super Bowl ring, in Dak we trust. In Russ, we have to earn your trust. There's a big difference between having a trust and earning the trust. And now with the defense, the way the defense is playing, I mean, think about it. I had a guy on last week, and tell me if you think this statement is true. He said, "Looking at uh, what's the what's the what's the D back? What's his name? Um, he's been had an interception each game thus far. Diggs, yeah, Trayvon Diggs. He said, he's a Carolina Panther fan, so you know, <laughs> sorry about his luck. But anyway, he said, looking at Trayvon Diggs remind him of looking at Deion Sanders how Deion could break on the ball and come up with that pick." He haven't seen a D-back like that since Deion Sanders. Now, that's a pretty high compliment to give a person. But what do you think about that? Honestly, I think Trayvon's ball skills, pause, is <laughs> is better than Deion Sanders. Wow. Uh, I mean, if you just seen the way that he breaks on balls and reads, reads the play, 
Like, that's not, you know, common among quarterbacks. Like, you can tell he was receiver. Right. Like, even the play against uh, Mike Evans and, and the Chargers, where I, I think it was a, a look across and route or something, and he was trailing them, but he noticed that the ball was coming, he broke on it, and he just got the ball, dove out. That's you. That's unique. That's rare. Very rare. And, and you know, I think that uh, teams are gonna, you know, start put him on a little island and not run to throw his way. And that might be a mistake too, because the way I'm looking at this defense, backing up, the way I'm looking at this Cowboys defense, I've already opted with their linebacking core, especially the linebackers that they drafted. You're looking at a, a hybrid-type linebacker. I mean, they recently asked uh, Michael Parsons, they said, they asked him, they said, are you a linebacker or a defensive end? He said, I'm neither one. I'm just a football player. Mm-hmm. Now you get now you get ready to get a heavy dose of Jabril Cox. Is he a linebacker or a defensive back? He's a hybrid, okay? Mm-hmm. These the guys they have on defense would make Jimmy Johnson smile because Jimmy Johnson was the one that changed the way defense were played when he said, we're getting rid of these big 300-pound slow guys up front. They can't move. Matter of fact, some of these linebackers couldn't move. He said the best way to combat speed on offense to have is to have speed on defense. And Dallas basically is a what? A base 4-3 team, if I'm correct, right? But with mm-hmm. the quickness that they have, especially at the linebacker position, if they want to play that game of trying to avoid Trayvon Diggs, rush three and put eight back in coverage. Now pick your poison. And if you don't have a running well, game, if you don't have a running game, guess what? Your quarterback is a lame duck. Yeah, because, that's what I'm saying. So once Demarcus Lawrence comes back, Randy Gregory, oh, your quarterback is about to be on IR. Once an offense uh, starts not throwing to Trayvon Diggs' side, it's a wrap for any team in the NFL when they play the Dallas Cowboys. Because what you're doing is you're already eliminating an aspect of your offense, right? Mm-hmm. So that one side of the field is wrapped. You're not throwing over there. It's quiet because we have rest of the defenders. It's, it's really it's going to be scary for them. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, the time is going late. We've actually spent 25 minutes, almost 26 minutes, probably longer than you, you want to be on here. But it's always good to catch up with my good friend Smokey. Y'all know he is deserving of these applause. Thank you, thank you. And some cheers. And I'm just going to go ahead and let the cat out the bag. I have put this bug in Smokey's ear. And at some point, we're going to start a new podcast and we're going to start it on his end. It's going to be called Smoke Tone Show. Because I am doing things with my podcast. As a matter of fact, as a programming note, I have.
coming up, Vince Quinn on my podcast. Those of you who don't know Vince Quinn, you can Google him up. He has a podcast, I believe it's called Bell and the Birdman, formerly of CBS Sports Radio. So I'm looking forward to that coming up. I guess you can call it a celebrity podcast that day. But I'm looking forward to having him on. So I am going to be doing a lot of stuff. I got the Coach's Corner coming up this Saturday. I'm hoping to get Coach and Cal Heights. But yeah, smoke the Smoke and Tone podcast will be hitting y'all's podcast platforms here in the near future. I know Smokey probably didn't want me to do that, but hey, we're going to get this thing going. So we're going to be hashing out kind of like what we're doing right now. So that's just a programming note. And of course, Smokey's always welcome on the train. He can, his ticket is, his ticket is a lifetime ticket. (laughs) All right. But Smokey, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for letting me keep you up because I know it is 12.09 out here on the East Coast because it's 11.09 over here on Central Standard Time Zone. You got to get to go to work in the morning. I got to get to hit the gym in the morning. So we're just going to just get up on out of here and we're going to let the music take us on out. So until the next time, y'all take care of yourselves and we'll be back with you next week. Smoke, thanks for joining me.